Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to season 11 of the Parenting Aces podcast, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week we are talking with Chris Boyer. Chris is not only a tennis parent himself, his son Tristan plays for Stanford University, but Chris is also on the committee that is bringing a new series of ITF Pro Circuit events to Southern California starting the end of this month, running for three consecutive weeks with a one-week break and then three additional consecutive weeks. The first three weeks will be in the San Diego area. The second three weeks will be in the LA area. And they are men's and women's events held simultaneously at the same location and open free to the public to attend and to cheer on these players. So I'm really excited to have Chris with us to talk about the Southern California Pro Circuit, why they saw a need to create it, and why junior players and junior coaches need to pay attention to this and should be interested in it. Before I bring Chris on, I want to just remind you, if you haven't already, we would love for you to become a premium member of Parenting Aces and take full advantage of everything that that brings, including two complimentary one-hour consults with me. So if you are interested in doing that, please go to parentingaces.com, click on the join button, and it's easy from there. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Chris Boyer. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Chris Boyer, it's such a pleasure to finally get you on the podcast. We first met years ago at the U.S. Open when your son was playing U.S. Open juniors and have kind of sort of stayed in touch. But ever since I've been in SoCal, we've been in much more constant uh, contact. and, And I'm so happy to have you here to talk about the Southern California Pro Circuit. Welcome. Lisa, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you again. And We really appreciate the opportunity for the Southern California Tennis Association to share this information with you and the rest of the world. Well, absolutely. And before we kind of dig into the heart of things, I wanted to just ask you if you could please give a short overview of the Southern California Pro Circuit, what it is, who's behind it, and why it is happening and why it's necessary for it to happen. Sure. Well, that's that's a lot of information to give, um, but I'll try to try to sort of unwrap that a little bit from the beginning. So, um, really, what we are is we're a series of twelve tournaments. Um, they're going to be held at six different sites throughout Southern California. 
Three sites are in San Diego. Three sites are in Los Angeles. There's a week break in between. These events are combined men's and women's ITF pro circuit $15,000 tournaments. And um, basically anybody that, that has an IPIN number is eligible to enter just like any ITF circuit. Um, all the wild cards that we're going to be getting through the, the ITF Pro Circuit will be going to Southern California players only. So we're super excited about that. Um, in terms of like how this came about, um, we have a stellar um, committee, Pro Circuit committee here in Southern California that has been working on this for about eight or 10 months now. We started back in July. Um, and our task was to raise money to be able to hold these tournaments here in Southern California. And as you know, Lisa, here in Southern California, we have a super rich history of tennis with some amazing tennis players throughout our history. And um, we felt like we wanted to continue that tradition of having this transition level tournament circuit in Southern California so that our players namely our juniors and our college players, would be able to transition from that level into the pr professional level. About four or five years ago, you may, you may also know this, is that we had 11 pro circuit events here in Southern California, 15,000s and 25,000s. Last year, we had one. Now, some of that had to do with the fact that we are... We were in a COVID situation, sure. but some, some of it also had to do with just funding. And a lot of these tournaments have been losing money. Um, and here, prior to this, um, these tournaments have been funded and still are for the most part by the USTA. And they do a, an absolutely terrific job doing this. But we felt like we needed to sort of take some of the responsibility into our own hands here in Southern California and start looking for alternative ways to fund this. So again, the task of our committee was to go out and figure out how we can do this, work with the USTA and go out to private donors and raise money to build this circuit, to be able to provide playing opportunities for our Southern California players. And so who is this circuit for? Who are the players that you're looking to attract? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, our, our goal, as I said, is to try to provide playing opportunities for those juniors who are ready to make that transition, as well as college players. But the circuit, the ITF Pro Circuit in general, is open to any player that has an ITF ranking or sure. is, has, an, has an IP IPIN number, as you know. So we have no restrictions on that or no controls on that as, as, as an ITF event. But we're really trying to provide playing opportunities for our juniors that are close to home and our college players that are close to home so that they don't have to travel halfway around the world to play a bunch of tournaments. And that to us, that that makes a lot of sense. I remember when my son was it was between his freshman and sophomore year of college and he played a similar circuit up in the Pacific Northwest where he hopped in the car with a couple buddies. They drove city to city, week to week, and made their way slowly north up the coast and played a series of tournaments, starting in Northern California, moving into Oregon and even into Washington State. And it was a really cool experience for him and a way to 
stay match tough in the summer before returning to school in the fall and, you know, being ready to hit the ground running uh, with his team in the fall, but also just a really cool way to have some independence and um, to get to play some new people that he hadn't faced in the past. Yep. Are y'all are y'all looking to create that type of experience? And and what happened to those kinds of circuits? Why are they not around anymore? Yeah, so we are definitely looking to create that kind of experience. Um, you know, and and obviously, you know, it costs money to be traveling around to play these tournaments, as you well know, as a parent of of a of a top player, and we want to be able to offer these opportunities so that they can play a group of tournaments together in one area, call it a mini circuit or whatever else you want to call it. And, and be able to basically pay, you know, amortize the cost across all those tournaments so that, so that it becomes more of an economical proposition for them. Um, What happened to them? I mean, there, there, there was in the old days what they were calling the satellite circuit. And there was groups of tournaments around the country in different parts of the world as well, where players did exactly what you described your son doing, jumping into a van and playing a group of tournaments in some geographic area that made sense. There still is some groupings of tournaments in around the United States, like, for example, in Illinois with Decatur and and there's, I believe, three or four tournaments throughout Illinois that that are really well run, by the way. So that still exists, but there's also some sort of like one-off tournaments in different parts of the country that kind of don't make economic sense to travel to. And the USTA is doing a really good job at taking a look, a hard look at the calendar and trying to reassess how they're going to schedule some of these events to to make it more sensible to travel to and make it more economical to travel to. As I started kind of learning more about your new circuit, um, it it kind of brought to mind the ITA summer circuit. And when the ITA summer circuit first launched, it was a similar mindset, right? They were going to create this group of events that were in a geographic area so that existing college players or you know, high school players, you know, moving toward college tennis would be able to compete, would be able to work toward a national event at the end of the summer and allow them to stay match tough in between semesters of college. It was a great idea, but what ended up happening was just like what happens in junior tournaments. People started looking for you know, the easier draws, where can I go and actually win the event as opposed to looking at it as an opportunity to save time, save money, compete close to home, you know, have a grouping of competition that made sense, all the things you're saying. As I started thinking more about this, I I started thinking maybe there's some sort of synergy between the ITA summer circuit and the Southern California pro circuit where maybe there's some sort of level-based play that comes into the determination of who plays where, when, um, so that you can appeal to and attract a fuller range of players that, because as, as you well know, and as I well know, college tennis has such a wide range of abilities and funding and opportunities and all of that. 
wouldn't it be cool to be able to bring together all these different opportunities for these players to really maximize their competitions and training? Yeah. Again, there's a lot to unpack there, Lisa. Um, I know. You're, sorry. You're, 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 you know, you're sort of preaching to the choir here. I, um, I mean, some of uh, all of our tournaments here in Southern California, and when, when we embarked on organizing this, we talked about how we're going to integrate the college players as much as possible. Obviously, a lot of college players don't have ATP points or WTA points yet to be able to get in. So there's going to be a reliance on wild cards to the degree that we can provide them. However, we're also running some pre-qualifying events for every single one of these tournaments, which would lead to a wild card entry or maybe multiple wild card entries into either the qualifying or the main draw of these events. So we are trying to provide some ladder up opportunities for as many players as possible. And definitely the college player fits into that. And getting back to your comment about the ITA, they run great events. The ideation around the ITA circuit is certainly solid. I love it. The downside to it is, is that consumers choose where they want to play, just like they choose any product, right? And when there's no WTA or ATP points, there's no prize money, um, then consumers start to look elsewhere. UTR is in the competitive landscape right now. They have $25,000 prize money events throughout the summer. It's a great opportunity for college players to get a lot of matches in because you're guaranteed a minimum of three matches. Love the UTR format. So ITA is competing with that as well. So uh, I think that's, that's sort of the long-winded answer to your question. But it's always better to have more choice, right? So you're oh, providing absolutely. with this pro circuit, you're providing an additional opportunity. It's not in lieu of, um, but in addition to. And that's always mm -hmm. a win in my book. What size draws are you guys looking to do? Our, our mandated main draw size draw is 32. Mm -hmm. And we have various sizes on the qualifying. Um, and that is dependent upon how many officials we have and how many courts we have. So the size of the qualifying draw will vary from a 32 draw to a 64 draw. We even have a couple, I believe one or two that are 48 draws. So remember that we're running combined events, right? Mm -hmm. Men's and women's at the same, same location at the same time. So there, there is a minimum number of courts that the ITF and the sure. UTA uh, at USTA requires to, to run those events simultaneously. Sure. And for the qualifying events, what are the qualifications to get in? Um, really no qualifications at all. I mean, you just, you just sign up. Some of these tournament directors are opening up the size of the draw to as many players who want to play. Um, we've had, um, already, we have already run some pre-qualifying events. I believe the, the smallest one we ran so far was a 24 draw. Um, some other size draws are up to 64 for the pre-qualifying. So it, it varies again with how many courts we have available, but, but most of the tournament directors are opening it up just to as many players as they can get at this point in time. Awesome. And how will selection be done for the main events? 
What's it based on? Well, the selection is done by the ITF and the supervisor for the circuit, the ITF supervisor, and that is all based on ITF rankings. Okay. Um, and, and there are some junior exempts, which they are given based on junior rankings. So there's spots open for that. So if we do have any juniors that are, and that, that's open to any junior, not just a Southern California junior. Um, so if there's juniors that want to play these, they can play those as well. And then of course we have wild card spots. So um, but it is a 32 draw for the main. Okay. So I want to switch gears for a minute because one of the things that I know you're looking to create with this circuit is an opportunity to grow the tennis fan base in Southern California. And so one of the ways you're doing that is it's free admission to all these events. These events are open to anyone and everyone that wants to come watch some great tennis you are doing these combined events with that in mind also that you want to expose fans of the men's game to the women's game and vice versa. And also to open up the opportunity for area juniors to have exposure to that next higher level of tennis so that as Wayne Bryan says, you got to touch it before you can be it, or you got to see it before you can be it, whatever it is, his quote is. So one thing that occurs to me is that this is an incredible opportunity for area teaching pros to bring their junior players out to your events and use this as an off-court training moment for these kids that aspire to play at their own highest level, whatever that may be. Can you talk a little bit about what USTA SoCal and specifically the committee for the pro circuit is doing to ensure that the area coaches are aware of these events and to kind of make sure they understand that not only are they invited, but that you really, really, really want them there with their players. No, absolutely. Um, look, you know, anytime you have an aspirational opportunity for a junior, you know, hanging on the fence, looking in and, and dreaming about how they're going to be the next great player, that is exactly what we all want to do. Um, Wayne is 100% right. Love Wayne Bryan. Um, and so, and specifically what the Southern California Tennis Association is doing to get that engagement is we're reaching out by email to all the coaches, all the academies, all the club directors, and letting them know what we're doing for multiple reasons. One is that we want to make sure that they understand what the wild card opportunities are so that they can, they can uh, encourage their players to sign up. Um, the second thing is, is we want to make sure that they understand what the aspirational opportunities are from an observance standpoint and from a teaching standpoint. So to your to to your point, you they can bring their players and watch some of these matches and learn from them. And lastly, we also want to have spectators. And so we want to make sure that people understand that this is really high quality tennis. You know, I mean, how how a you know player who is 400 in the world hits the ball is not much different than someone who's 50 in the world. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it's exciting stuff. And we just want to make sure that people understand it and that we are exposing this sport to as many people as possible. 
Will there be warm-up opportunities for some of the area juniors to be, you know, warm-up partners for the players? Well, I think that depends on, you know, each tournament director and how many courts are available. But certainly, you know, it's a great idea. Love it. Um, and if they can do it, absolutely. I would encourage any pro who has juniors that do want to participate as warm-up partners to contact the clubs and and find out if they can bring their players down and offer their offer themselves up as as practice partners for sure. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. And Absolutely. you know, another thing that occurred to me is a lot of times junior coaches are hesitant. I hesitance maybe not the right word, but for lack of a better one, hesitant to take time out of their teaching schedule to take kids to watch college matches, pro matches, whatever it may be. And I just want to throw out there that to the junior coaches, as a former tennis parent, I would have been more than happy to pay for you for your time to take my child along with, you know, a group of his peers to watch these events and use them as opportunities to point things out during play. Things like, you know, look at the between point ritual, look at this, what they're doing on the side change, watch how they get ready for the serve, watch, you know, all of the different nuances that sometimes it's difficult to pick up on TV. But when you're there hanging on the fence to your point, Chris, you can't help but pick up these little tidbits of information that are going to help you become a better player yourself. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there's a big difference between how a professional behaves and how a junior behaves, although sometimes those lines are blurred, <laughs> Yeah. but, but, um, but yeah, you know, hundred percent. And I, I understand the flip side of that though, for these pros who are, you know, making fairly substantial amounts of money on an hourly basis, staying at their club and working with their private lessons. And it's hard for them to leave that revenue stream aside for a day or two. So, but, but, but the ones that, that do do it and the ones that have the, you know, forethought to be able to do that, um, you know, are, are smart because I, I believe that that leads to more business down the road as well. So I think, I think, you know, look, I mean, this, this opportunity for juniors to be able to go and see these kinds of matches, you know, it, it, in a, an environment where you have, three weeks in a row and then another three weeks in a row. I mean, I think it, it's never happened here in Southern California or at least for a very long time. So again, you know, and, and by the way, you know, having the men and women together for six tournaments in a row, I don't even know if that's ever existed in anywhere yeah. in the world. Right. I mean, obviously we have some tournaments, professional tournaments like the Indian Wells tournament and obviously all the grand slams where the men and women come together. But it doesn't happen that often. No. So to have to have six weeks in a row of, or, or seven seven weeks or six tournaments in a row of this, I think is really unprecedented, and it's super exciting for these players. Yeah. You know, they like they just like being together, and 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 people want to see women play as much as they want to see the men play. I, I have two daughters and I have two sons, so I mean, I'm 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 right there. I mean, I want to see women's tennis thrive as well as men's tennis. Absolutely. Going back to the the junior coaches utilizing this as a teaching opportunity for their young players, I, I just want to be clear. I'm not suggesting that the coaches do this for free. I'm suggesting coaches, if you're 
you're watching or listening to this, charge for your time. This is as important a part of tennis development as being on the court hitting forehands for an hour, right? This is this is crucial to not only teaching the players what the next level looks like and what they need to do to reach that next level, but also for you know engaging them for cementing their passion for the sport for players that are you know maybe on that cusp of burnout age hopefully getting them past that hump and reinvigorating them to be excited about their tennis training and their tennis development so i mean this is this is a really really cool opportunity for every aspect of our game from the fans who just simply want to go out there and watch this next rising generation of players to the players themselves who are looking to develop a a bigger fan base maybe. And one thing that someone pointed out to me that I thought was really cool too is, you know, let's say you go to that first event in San Diego and you see a player there that really excites you. You know, you love their game, you love their personality. Maybe you hang out and you, you know, get a chance to meet them after their match or get an autograph or whatever. And then they're playing the next week again. And so you get to go back and see them again and again and again. And you start to develop a relationship with that player, whether it's as a fan or maybe you get a personal connection with them. For a young player to have that opportunity is amazing, absolutely amazing. Yep, incredible. And and also then, you know, take it even to the next level when they engage with them on social media, they start following them and exactly. use Latina. All those things are just building on themselves. And, you know, to your point earlier about having juniors at the tournaments, um, you know, I remember about probably about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, Tristan was my son, Tristan was younger. And we had a group of kids that were invited by Grant Chen, who at the time was managing the UCLA men's tennis team. And he invited a group of kids to go to the ATP event that was at UCLA and do a clinic. And he had Marty Fish come out and, and, I mean, that was so, so inspiring for these kids. And it was it was right there on the pro courts. The kids were all excited. You know, they got a free cotton candy or whatever else Grant Chen gave them. And it was it was great. Um, And those are the kinds of things we have to do to make those connections. And I think this is right out of the Wayne Bryan playbook, too. You know, you want to get these kids super excited about tennis and figure out how they're going to continue to engage with it down the road. For sure. And I want to encourage the the listeners, if you do go out to these events, go early, watch the warmups, have your players sit, you know, literally hang on the fence during the warmups, which they, they probably will have the ability to do. And, you know, really take in the routines of these players. What are they drinking? What are they eating on the court? You know, what are they doing between points? What are, how are they warming up? How is it the same and how is it different from what your kid is doing day to day? And just kind of notice all of these things. And 
it's great fodder for conversation too. Um, later on, you know, when things go well at a tournament and you can say to your kid, wow, I remember when we watched so-and-so play at the Southern California pro circuit and we saw him or her do that on court. I saw you doing that in your match today. That was so cool to see, right? Like these are the kinds of things that can happen. And I just think this is so exciting. And it's why I, I was thrilled that you wanted to come on the podcast, Chris, and share this series of events with our audience because It's been a while since we've had access to this level of play and the opportunity to do it free of charge, to be at a variety of facilities, which is another cool point that we haven't even touched on yet is the fact that, you know, one event's at a country club, one event's at a public park, one event, one event in the LA swing is where I play my women's league tennis half the time. So like, and one at a university and one at a university. Yes, exactly. And I mean, how cool to get to go free of charge. I keep pushing that because we all know how expensive junior tennis development can be. This is Mm -hmm. a, an inexpensive, it's a free opportunity to watch and learn from the next generation of top professionals. Oh, 100%. And that's, you know, partly why we're doing this, Lisa. Um, you know, it, it, you, you know, you, I think, again, I just, I keep harking back to Wayne. I know you love Wayne too, but, you know, Wayne says, you know, athletes take it in through their eyes yeah. and, and not just their ears, right? So, I think you have to see it and you have to be there and you have to sort of, you know, even be close to the courts to see how hard these guys and and, and girls hit and, and how they hit the balls. And it's just, it's a very different experience than, than playing, you know, junior tennis, not that there's anything wrong with junior tennis, of course, but, but it is, it, it's different. And, and yeah. the sooner, the sooner these players get exposed to it, the more quickly they develop. And that's part of what, why we're doing this for sure. I want to, again, switch gears and give you an opportunity, Chris, to talk about the sponsors of the event. I know Wilson Tennis is one of your top sponsors. Who else is helping put on these events? Well, first of all, you know, part of our committee, and I, I do want to give kudos to, to our committee. We have a stellar blue chip committee. Pam Shriver is on it, Marianne Wardell, Paul Anacone, uh, Peggy, Peggy Michael, uh, Lindsay Davenport. I mean, these are people that are iconic in our section, iconic in tennis. And every single one of them has contributed in some way. This is not just a name on a marquee for us. And you know, when we first established this committee, um, everyone was so excited about it. And we went out and started to raise money through private donations. Um, so we have several private donors that have supported this to the tune of almost $600,000. Wow. Our Southern California Tennis Foundation, um, led by Bill Kellogg, who's awesome, has also supported this. So um, that's the that's the bulk of our funding, Lisa. The, the some of our funding has come through sponsorship. Um, Wilson Tennis um, is a significant sponsor of this as well. They recognize the importance of this. Um, they're going to be doing a number of things, and you'll hear more about that in the future. But but um, certainly they are a big a big part of this as well. Awesome. And I mean, people you just named are 
as you said, icons, not only in the Southern California section, but in the global sport of tennis. And I, it's so cool for me to hear that they are so involved with this and that they recognize the need because for all of them, when they were coming up as junior players, they had access to these types of events, not only to go to as spectators, but also to play in. And I, I am a thousand percent convinced that it led to their future success and their love of the sport and their passion for seeing it continue to grow and thrive. So um, congratulations to you and the whole committee and really to the Southern California Tennis Association for identifying the need for this and for acting so quickly to bring it to fruition. I mean, 10 months, my goodness, that's almost unheard of to be able to bring a circuit together and to get the funding. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, you know, it took us it took us less than six months to raise the money. And our our goal is to grow this in the future even more than what it is today. We have some ideas around it that uh, maybe we can share in the future. Um, but, um, you know, our objective is to see how many we can do and how, mm -hmm. how we can sustain this and, and, um, and keep it going. So, and I want this to be a model for the rest of the country as well, of course, with the That's USTA. That's what I was just afraid to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, with the USTA's involvement and, and, you know, this helps everybody, right? I mean, there are so many people around the country that love tennis, that have significant amounts of money and would do almost anything to help support it and grow it. So we need to tap into those resources and be able to tell the story in a way that makes sense to everybody and, um, and be able to grow this game. Because if the base of the pyramid is not broad enough, then we're not going to be able to sustain the sport long-term. And certainly we're not going to get to where we want to be with seeing the next American uh, Grand Slam champion. Yeah. So, so um, you know, Player development is behind this. Martin Blackman and Megan Rose and the rest of the team, Ian Vasquez, who's really great with uh, the Pro Circuit Committee, has been very helpful. Um, and, you know, we're just talking about ways that we can continue to sustain this and use this model across the country to do to do these events. Imagine if every section in the country just did two of these. OK, yeah. we'd have 34 more tournaments literally overnight. You know, you can't tell me that there isn't some car dealership in every single section that's willing to pony up $100,000 to run a couple of events. So that's where I'm coming from. And, and um, you know, this is not a ding on any prior model sure. or any person or, or any entity. It's just we need to think about new ways to do this to grow the game. And I think this is one of them. Right. And, you know, one thing that I find so interesting about this, Chris, is basically what you guys have done is you've kind of, for lack of a better word, privatized a tournament and a tournament series. You've your committee has taken it into its own hands to find the funding, to figure out how to market it, to attract the players, to find the locations, find the tournament directors, all of that, which is not dissimilar to. What I say to parents all the time that complain there aren't enough tournaments in their area, there's nothing stopping you from creating tournaments where you are closer to home. There's no reason that you can't get a group of people together and put on an event, whether you do it as a USTA sanctioned event, 
a universal tennis event or some other, you know, entity or just an independent event, there's no reason you can't kind of take control of your child's opportunities and work together to create additional opportunities for them to develop and grow as players. And you guys are the perfect example of a group that saw a need that was kind of frustrated with the status quo and put together a proposal and gain the support of the necessary people to turn this into something real and tangible. And it's going to happen. And it's happening when? Starting the end of this month. May 30th is the first event. That's right. Look, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. So um, I, I always look at things in a positive way. There's nothing negative about what has gone on in the past here in the United States. There's just always a better way to do something, in my opinion. So we're, we're all rowing in the same direction. Everybody wants to get to the same place. And and so we're we're just trying to be as helpful as we can. Our committee is so positive and so engaged, as I said, and we want to see other sections do this as well. So we're happy to help anybody do this. And parents, if they want to, you know, write a letter to their section and, and ask for more tournaments, they should do that. I think it's a great idea. Will you guys share your slides and information with other groups that want to do this? Are you all open to doing that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm already engaged in conversations with the USTA and Martin Blackman and how we can share our best practices and, and our model. And, and I'm happy to you know, work with any entity. I've already spoken to the United States Tennis Association Pro Circuits Committee about how we're, we're doing things out here. They're, they're very engaged. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So we're, yeah, we're definitely doing those things. And um I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a USTA delegate. So we're going to be spreading the word through the delegates as well. Um, so there's a lot of, of opportunities here to share the information and, and, and hopefully other sections will, will latch on to it and do what we're doing because that's ultimately what the goal is here. For sure. Chris, if people want information on how to attend the events or how to sign up to play in the pre-qualies or the events themselves, where do they go for that? And we'll have these links in the show notes on parentingaces.com as well. Well, thank you very much. Sure. So um, all the information is on the SCTA website. In fact, there is a banner right on the top of the main page that, that provides a link to the other pages where there's information on the pro circuit. So, and then if, and then there's also the ITF website, which is where you would sign up through your IPIN uh, number. So, and all the fact sheets for the tournaments are there. There's information about the quali the qualifying as well as the pre-qualifying. Um, Hopefully all the clubs and all of the, the pros in the section already have the information as well, but certainly they can get it right on the SCTA website. Do you know, Chris, if you have to have an IPIN number to participate in the pre-quali events? You do not for the pre-quali, but if you are going to, if you make it through the pre-qualifying -quali and you get into the qualifying or the main draw as a, as a wild card participant, you do have to have an IPIN number. Okay. And that's an easy thing to take care of. You just go on the ITF website. There's a link there and I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, oh, great. It's, it's basically like getting a USTA member number. It's the same kind of idea and it allows you to participate in any ITF event. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, for those that are ITF juniors, they already have that IP, yep. IPIN number. But um, I, I believe it's 
$30 or 30 euros last I checked. So it's, it's pretty economical and it allows you to play any ITF pro circuit throughout the world or any ITF junior tournament. Absolutely. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure chatting with you in a formal manner. We we chat on the phone periodically, but uh, this is this has been a really eye opening conversation. And again, I'm just I'm so thrilled that you guys have created this circuit. I cannot wait to go watch. Um, Barnes Tennis Center is one of our partners. So of course, I'll be at the one down at Barnes. And like I said, I play ladies league tennis at Los Cabs. So I'll be excited to go out there and watch the event there as well. Um, Just best of luck. And if there's anything we at Parenting Aces can do to help this along, do not hesitate to ask. Lisa, thank you so much for having me. Um, Again, you know, we love what you guys are doing. Anytime anyone is doing, talking about tennis in whatever format, it helps the sport. So really appreciate what you're doing. Thanks so much, Chris. And to my audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community. Thank <laughs> you.